The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to read a passage of scripture to you to begin our broadcast. Um, but before I do that, let's pre- let's play again the song that I've used so long, uh, "The Coming Storm." This is a path, This is a song that so expresses the reality that we're facing as Americans, that there is a judgment, and we're facing that judgment. That storm is now breaking on America. And if you don't feel it yet, you soon will, for it will fall upon all of us. Listen carefully to the words, and let's play it. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor, and you will stand. Before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come. He is the shelter from the coming storm. shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your 
the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come is a shelter from the coming storm while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from all your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm Matthew, the 26th chapter. I'll begin in verse 36. Then Jesus comes with them to a place being called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, You must sit here. Well, having gone there, I may pray. And having taken Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, He began to be grieved and distressed. Then Jesus says to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. You must stay here, and you must be watchful with me. Having gone forward a short distance, he fell on his face praying and saying, Oh, my father, If it is possible, let let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not I will, but your will. And he comes to the disciples and finds them sleeping and says to Peter, So you were not able to watch with me one hour? You must be on the alert and pray that you may not enter into enticement to sin. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for a second time, after having gone away, he prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot pass from me except I may drink it, your will be done. And having returned, he finds them 
sleeping again, for their eyes are heavy. And having left them and having gone away again, he prayed for a third time, having said the same thing. Then he comes to his disciples and he says to them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is being handed over into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Look, the one betraying me has come. Matthew 26. And while he was still speaking, look, Judas, one of the twelve, with him a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the one betraying him gave them a sign saying, Whom I kiss, he it is. You must seize him. And immediately having approached Jesus, he said, Hail, Rabbi. And he kissed him. This issue of crucifixion, the most painful of of ancient tortures to execute a man. Painful physically, painful emotionally, stripped, naked, hung high and wide on that cross. No possible escape. It is meant to shame and to kill. Now, when we come to the book of of Romans again, I want to read for you a brief passage. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that of all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too have a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we certainly also will be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So in the same way, you must count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Verse 
Well, let's talk about this. This is embarrassing to talk to you about. But it's necessary. And that is the crucifixion. Your crucifixion. It's plain that we must be crucified with Christ. Well, what do we mean you must be crucified? The old man of sin must be crucified. A most shameful death. A most painful death. One that we turn in terror from. What would it mean for a person to be crucified? Well, let's be plain. Let's let's break it down so that we know exactly what we're talking about. When a person is crucified, they die. All of us have lived our lives with the old man of sin, the lust of the heart, the pleasures of our spirit, doing what we desire, going where we want to go, choosing what we want to choose. If you're crucified, all of that has to die. Now, what would that look like? Well, let's talk about it in graphic detail. You now will no longer serve yourself. You will instead serve others. Your concern will not be for your comfort, your survival, or your entertainment. Your concern will be for the lives of others in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Your interest will be the building of the kingdom of God, not building your kingdom. Oh, but pastor, I like to go home and sit down and watch a movie. Or I like to go home and sit down and catch up on all the news. I like to look at what I want to look at on the television. I want to go to the, to the video games that I want to go to. I want... Look, I have a life I live. Yeah, that's the problem. That life has to die. What would it mean to be crucified? What did it mean for Jesus Christ to be crucified? His life, which was sinless, stopped. He did not go to the Mount of Olives on that evening of crucifixion. He didn't go eat with Mary and Martha on that eve of crucifixion or the next day or the next. His life stopped, ended. It was over. If we are crucified with Jesus Christ, it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. It means you stop. You let go 
and you say no. So when I come into the house, I like to go to the computer. I like to check and see what's happening. I like to check and see what the news is. I like to look at what I like to look at. When I am crucified with Christ, all of that stops. This morning, as I came back into the study, I didn't sit down at the computer. Instead, I opened the Word and I began to pray. I don't do the normal things that a man wants to do. All of that stopped when I was crucified with Christ. That's not where my heart is anymore. The news is immaterial to me. Oh, yes, there are some times and some things that I'd like to know about. The problem is not once in a while, maybe even once a day, checking news. The problem is when that's the pattern all day long. The problem is looking at life from the perspective that I am allowed to do what I would like to do. And so, as Jesus said, your flesh is weak. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Pray that you not enter into the enticement of sin. And everywhere we turn, there is the enticement to sin. It all has to go. It has to be cut off. What would that look like? Well, it looks like if you're not crucified with Christ, your life needs to stop. I mean everything in your life except those bare essentials that God has given you to be responsible and to help others. You see, a crucified life is one that is totally focused on helping others and not on being served yourself. So everything that is there in your life for you is crucified. Your interest, your lust, your desire to be pleased and served and be in charge, your desire to somehow control it's all cut off. It's literally stopped. In the book of Colossians, I'll begin in chapter 3, verse 1. 
Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now here's the problem. This is after you're raised with Christ. Most people who call themselves Christians have never been raised with Christ because you were never crucified with Christ. You never stopped. It's still about you and what you want and where you must go. It's about people serving and doing what you want them to do. But after you've been crucified, you stop everything. You face that wall. (laughs) I remember when the Lord told me to turn my television off, and I was, many years ago, I was addicted to television. And I would, when he told me to turn it off, I turned it off. And then in the evening, when I would be accustomed to watching the TV, I used to go in and sit in the living room and stare at that blank screen of my large screen television. And I would be most miserable because my drug of choice was no longer available to me. And that's when finally the Lord spoke to me and said, Now, throw your television out. It's simply an enticement to sin. And I did so. But for some time, there was a withdrawal process from all of that television, from the movies, from the news broadcasts, from the special programs that I like to watch. I went into withdrawal. Some of you, if you were crucified with Christ, would go into withdrawal because you can't watch your TikToks. You can't play your video games. You can't do the the shopping excursions that please you so much. Not because you need something, but because you just want to go. You want to go, 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 go. No, when you're crucified with Christ, you stop. You just simply stop. You let the Holy Spirit cut off from you all of those self-centered activities and demands on other people, and you seek the face of Jesus. Now, This will be, for Jesus, a three-day total blockout of everything he was accustomed to doing, even though he never sinned. But we have sinned. And the enticement to sin is deeply hooked into our souls, into our spirits, And when we're crucified with Christ, let me be very frank with you. When we're crucified with Christ, we finally say, okay, I'm done. 
and we cut off all of that self-centered selfishness. We cut off, we stop. We no longer participate. The cigarettes are finished. The drugs are finished. The fornication is over. The pornography is finished. We cut off the lust for money. Oh, how I've heard Christian people dress up their lust for money. Oh, if I could just have an opportunity to win in the stock market, I would make a lot of money, and then I would have the money to sponsor the church. Pastor, I'd even come and give you the money so you could go on the FM dial. No. No. That lust for money is utterly destructive. It is God who gives the ability to gain wealth. And wealth is so utterly deceptive. Money is the root of all evil. It's not evil. It's a tool. But it's the root of all evil. And as we lust after it, it becomes the God of our hearts. It all has to go. You must be crucified with Christ. And you must set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And and I'm just saying to you, please, that is a process you go through. It should not be a process that takes months. It should be done very quickly, within a week or two weeks, where you come to a point where just you're just very clear, this is self-centered, this is wickedness on my part, it is not for other people, it is not taking care of my family, it is my own wicked heart that is doing this. And I've known men who never spend time with their family, their wife is lonely, they're absent, they're working, Oh, and they're obligated to work. They've got to cover this expense. They've got to do this and that. No, they don't. No, you don't. Not if you're crucified with Christ. If you're crucified with Christ, you let go of all of that. And you recognize that you will only receive from the hand of Jesus what he chooses to give you. You will not go out and grab and growl for yourself. Well, but pastor, if I do that, I won't be, I won't by Allah. Right? Right. You, you're, you're starting to catch on. It means totally turning away from self-centeredness. It means searching after Jesus. He describes this. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And he gives a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires greed, which is idolatry, 
Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Okay, he's talking about a person who once lived in this, but now they've been crucified. If you have not yet been crucified, you're still living in these things. And if you're still living in these things, you've not been saved. You will not enter into salvation. A person must be crucified with Christ if they're going to enter into salvation. That's just the truth. This is what the modern American church doesn't want to talk about. It's a bloody mess. It's painful. It's agonizing. Yes, it is. It means cutting off the flesh. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, lying. Take off your old self with its practices, and you must put on a new self where Christ is all and is in all. We like to read those last words and say, well, that's how it is for me. I said to a man this morning, his name is Christian, by the way. I said, Christian, I'd ask him earlier, are you a Christian? And he said, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. So uh, today I said to him, are you a cultural Christian or have you sold out to Jesus? He said, oh, yeah, I'm a cultural Christian. Oh, yeah, I, I go to church twice a week. I said, it's not about going to church. It's about your life with Jesus. We have to be crucified. How do I overcome my sin? You die to it. There's no other way to overcome sin except to die, to be crucified. It only ends when you die. Your old man is alive and well, and he doesn't want to die, and he will act like a stuck pig. It's not an easy thing to die. Everything in us fights for survival. The old man fights for survival. It wants to keep those drugs. It wants to keep that alcohol. It wants to keep the fornication. It wants to keep its right to make its own decisions and go where it wants to go. It wants to continue dressing itself as a Christian while your heart is still dedicated to your own lust and your own love and your own ability a man or a woman who is a follower of Jesus Christ, who has been crucified with Jesus, everything about that person's life will be focused on others. It will not be focused on you. 
a person who is self-centered and focused on themselves has an old man in him alive and well running him and he will not enter into salvation. He instead is shut out. I want to take you to the book of Romans, the seventh chapter. And I'm going to begin reading in verse six. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Only by dying can we be resurrected with Jesus Christ. Look at Galatians. That's Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians, the sixth chapter. Verse 15. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in good doing, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. One of the great sorrows of my life has been men and women who get angry at the messages I bring. They make it very personal and they cut me off. And they treat me like a stranger. Why? They don't want to die. They don't want to give up their life. They want to keep their life. can't keep your life and be a follower of Jesus Christ. Verse 17 of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians four seventeen. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. 
Verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. That is to utterly remove it by confession, repentance, and prayer. When you do that, you're made new in the attitude of your mind. You put on the new self. You put off falsehood. Now there's one more passage I want to take you to. And that's Colossians, the third chapter. I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Now it's going to tell us, after you go through these three days or three weeks, whatever it takes you, to fully deal with the old man until Jesus comes, as I spoke yesterday, and literally circumcises your heart or crucifies you with himself where everything has been about you and what you want. Everything has been about your happiness. He says now, after you go through this process of cutting off, where you're going to be depressed, you're going to be discouraged, you're going to feel hopeless, and you're going to say, Pastor Ray is wrong. Look what it's getting me. All it's getting me are tears and crying out to God. All it's getting me is feeling horrible. All of that's going to happen if you go through this process. But then he says, Now, clothe yourself with compassion. That's not compassion for yourself. That's compassion for other people. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness, patience. This is Colossians 3, verse 13. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That means you're not going to say, I'm done with you. I'm out of here. I don't like you. 
You're not going to judge another person. You're not going to treat them rudely. You're not going to judge them. Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, having giving thanks to God the Father through him. What I'm trying to get at today and, and make very graphic for you is that the old man can put on all kinds of religion. The old nature loves to show up in church and do his dance. The old man loves to be important. The old man loves to look at other people and judge them and criticize them. The old man loves to cut people off to make oneself look good. To be concerned about what I'm getting here. How others are treating me. I've heard people say, oh, I went to that church and they were so unfriendly I left. Really? How friendly were you? You see, it's a matter of dying to self, of dying to what I want, of shutting it down, not substituting something else for it, shutting it down, saying, I'm finished. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. Now, what happens is after you've begun this process of crucifixion, you may get partway through it, and then you're going to feel a little better. And then you're going to say, oh, now I'm good to go. Don't be eager to rush through this process. It is a process that takes some time. I'm not talking months. I'm talking days, hours. That's crisis sanctification. It's where I finally give up myself and my plans and my desires. I give up trying to manipulate people to get them to do and be what I want them to do and be. It is where the soul of man, in the joy of the Lord, allows God to do this work of crucifixion in our hearts, where we give up the battle to be something or to be somebody. I've said to the Lord, Lord, 
You've invited me to your banquet, and I'm very, very happy you've invited me. But when I arrived at the banquet, you had me sit in the lowest seat. Lord, I love the lowest seat. I don't have to be somebody. I don't have to be acknowledged by anybody. I don't have to have somebody come and compliment me. I'm okay in the lowest seat in the house. That's where we have to be. We have to be in the lowest seat in the house and rejoice that God has even brought us into his kingdom. And all ambition has to die. Now our whole life focus is to do the will of God, to love other people, to minister with encouraging words and kindness to other people. Our whole focus in life is now to walk free from sin, being a slave to God, being brought more and more into holiness, where we recognize that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so more and more now, I grow up, I begin to mature, I begin to see how utterly deceived I've been in my self-centeredness. And now my cry, Lord, how can I serve you? What would you like me to do? How do I walk out this place in you where I am given to helping other people? loving other people, serving, no longer with any accusation against a brother or a sister, no longer any claim to be somebody or to try to establish myself. Now, what I want you to hear today, Lord Jesus, please help me. We're almost through this broadcast, and I feel like I've not been able to break through yet. Thank you, Lord. What I'm wanting you to hear today is be willing to take the time to cut off wickedness from your heart, to cut off all of the things that you pleasure yourself with, food, entertainment, going after money, whatever it is that you have pleasured yourself with. Recognize that when you cut that off, there's going to be a great emptiness in your soul. And it takes time to get through that emptiness. So don't go back and grab a hold of that old thing again, but cut it off. Let it be dead. And stand in the pain of nothingness until Jesus comes in his mercy and his love and touches you and does that marvelous work of circumcision in your heart. And you enter then into his resurrection. And now you're going to have to constantly guard yourself 
that the devil is not allowed to come into your life and reestablish that old man in your spirit. Now, there are those of you who argue that you're a sinner and that you have to have imputed grace. It's non-biblical. Let yourself be humble before God and humble before people. And let yourself no longer grasp for recognition or power. You no longer need people to pet you or approve of you. You need Jesus. You need his approval of you. You need Jesus to come in his majesty and in his power and carry you through the darkness of crucifixion. If you do not go through this darkness of crucifixion, you will not be a Christian. There is no way into the kingdom of God except through the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, you don't stay at the cross. You go through the cross. You go through the pain and the anguish of your heart of being depressed and discouraged. You don't have the friends that are wicked anymore. You've cut them off. You don't have the activities that are wicked. You've cut them off. You have no longer have the self-centeredness. You've cut it off. And you will go through depression and discouragement and, and say, What have I done? Why am I doing this? Because you're seeking Jesus. And you've repented of your sin. And you know the wrath of God is coming on every person who is not crucified with Christ. Now I know you're not going to hear this in the modern apostate church. But it's what the Bible teaches. Romans, the sixth chapter. Colossians, the second chapter. The third chapter. It's all through the scriptures. You must die. You must be born from above. Don't go on what you feel. Go on what the word of God says to you. Don't judge truth by how you feel about it. Judge truth by what the scriptures say about it. And stand by faith. Go through the darkness. Drop your self-centeredness. There's nothing uglier than a man who knows the gospel of Jesus, but uses that gospel to build up his own ego. There's nothing uglier than that. There's nothing uglier than a man who knows the truth of the gospel intellectually, but is still so full of himself that there's no room for anybody or anything except his opinions, what what he knows, what he believes. Now, I'm being, I'm giving fullness in advertising. Crucifixion is not fun. It's painful. It's hard. It's ugly. Where you give up totally your life. And you now take the life of Christ. But you will not do that quickly. In revival, it's often 
a quick process of maybe a few hours. But when we're not in revival, cutting off the old man of flesh is a very painful, time-consuming process where you finally walk free in Jesus Christ and in the glory of Jesus Christ. Are you crucified with Christ? Have you gone through this painful time of separation from your own desire and your own will? Or are there people in your life that you have cut off and renounced out of your own self-righteousness, out of your own bitterness of heart? Then go to those people and make amends to them. Repent. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to thank each one of you who has been giving. Rodney, thank you, brother. Michelle, each one of you who's been giving, Dirk, thank you. We're able to stay on this radio station because God moves in the hearts of people. Or on this YouTube because God moves in the hearts of people and says give. And so they do. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Tomorrow will be a day of prayer. Call and pray. God bless you. I love you. Christ, oh.